Hey, hey, it's Aiden here at the top of the podcast. Thank you very much for choosing to spend the next 15, 20 minutes hanging out, chatting music with me. I wanted to give a little warning on this episode, though. Warning, it's awesome. A really great, deep conversation. But also, there's some heavy content involved. So a bit of a trigger warning. There is talk of self-harm. There is talk of suicide. Some deep topics are covered. So if this is something that might be triggering for you, please be warned. Of course, Lifeline is always there if you need to talk. 13, 11, 14. But I'll put all those details in the show notes as well. That being said, I think this is a conversation that a lot of people need to hear and are going to get a lot out of. So if you are one of those people, please let us know. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast and give a shout out to Mary in there just saying how much you enjoyed this particular episode because she's awesome. And let's get into it. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Songs that changed you. It's time to talk music once again and uh, excited to be joined from all the way over the other side of the world uh, in America. We are joined by Mary Nickel, a photographer, writer, founder of uh, the Grizzly Awards and a big heavy metal and, and rock fan. Uh, Mary, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and to talk about this today. Why don't you tell everyone a, a little bit about yourself for those that don't know the Mary Nickel story? Yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm a music fan, first and foremost, have been for a very long time. Rock and roll is a huge part of my story, and I kind of kept showing up to be a part of it, which led me into years as the associate editor for the music website new release today. I managed their writing team and did a lot of the writing myself, and then that led me to eventually branch out on my own and start Rock on Purpose, the Grizzly Awards, and also my own freelance um, marketing and PR services in the music industry. So these days I do a lot of that. And then also through my involvement with the band Remedy Drive, I got connected to a nonprofit called The Exodus Road that does counter human trafficking work. So really music is in every part of my story. Yeah, it really is. And you're doing some incredible work at the moment because of it. What is the song that's changed you, Mary? What have you chosen for us to discuss today? Yeah, so the song that I wanted to talk about today is a song called After the World by the band Disciple. And I chose that song because I feel like it's just been really foundational, like to me, for a really long time. I first heard the song back when I was a teenager, when it was brand new and it was climbing the Christian rock charts and I didn't know about any of that. I was just a kid who was in a really dark, um, challenging situation. I was really depressed. I was suicidal. I was trying to recover from self-harm and an eating disorder. And I heard this song come on on my Pandora station just talking about this unconditional, unshakable love of God. And to me, it was this vision of God that was really new to me at the time. It wasn't something that I had really thought about or dared to believe was directed towards myself. And I remember when I first heard it, just like absolutely sobbing. Yeah. And in those days, 
and this is this is heavy stuff but in those days again i was trying to overcome self-harm and i remember i would like lock myself in the bathroom with um something that i planned to harm myself with and then all of a sudden the song would come to my mind and i would start singing the lyrics to myself and put these blades on the counter and take my hands away from them just singing the words of the chorus to myself over and over again until I felt brave enough to actually take the blades and then put them away and not harm myself. So it really became a way where it was like a way for the love of God to incarnate itself in my darkest moments and come alongside me. And I think it became special too, because I remember seeing the music video. I like, I just became obsessed with this song. I was like, I don't know what it is, but, there's some vision being conveyed here that like I want to know more about what this band is about. So I looked up the music video and I remember seeing the lead singer and thinking, man, he must really believe what he's saying because you know, the way that Kevin delivers the vocals, he's like belting it out like he does. And he gets down on his knees at the end of the video and he's just really captured and captivated by this truth that he's singing about. And I remember being like, man, if he can believe that, maybe there will come a time when I can really believe this for myself too. So really, that song became crucial to me in those moments um, and has remained incredibly special to me to this day. So this is not a song that changed your life. This is a song that potentially saved your life. Yeah, I think that could be like a more accurate like and saved my life both in the very, very real sense and yeah. then also in the sense that it preserved some quality of life in me. Like it preserved this deep internal thing in me that had like been a fire that had dwindled to the tiniest of sparks and it kept that spark alive and then saved it, preserved it, fanned it back into a flame again. And it's done that for me at other times in my life when I've been low and, you know, the man, it's been like 17, 18 years now since those days. Yeah. And the song has just been with me like all through my coming of age. So the song came out in 2006. At that point, did you have a relationship with God? Like it sounds like it was pretty troubling times for you, obviously. Yeah, so I did, but it was one that was really fragile because I had grown up in an environment where like spirituality and religion had been extremely negative and legalistic and sure. harmful and even been something that had been traumatic. And then I was starting to believe that maybe there was a divine love that looked really different than anything I'd grown up with. But I didn't know really what to believe about that yet. And so that's kind of where I was. I think the thing that I believed deepest to my core was in my own worthlessness. And to believe in love was still something that felt really, really hard to believe in more than I believed in my worthlessness. And so this started to move me towards this idea of a love that was intense enough to, again, incarnate itself in my most broken moments that was desperate enough that it would take on human skin or the skin of a song to get to me. So that was a really new sort of like belief at the time. And I think the thing that makes the song so powerful as well is it's sort of written from God's perspective. It's a love letter, for lack of a better term, a love letter to to those that are hurting and things. Yes, I would absolutely agree. I think it makes it um, really hard to dismiss when, like, you hear these arresting lyrics that are so clearly, like, 
directed at you yeah. from you know the god of the universe like it's it just makes it like harder to like sort of shrug it off i feel like mary how are you doing these days yeah so um these days i've come a long 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 way from that time i've done so much recovery work um so much growing in my understanding of that love so much taking it in internalizing it and then also a lot of therapy, a lot of learning that God can incarnate himself through medication, through healthcare, through songs, through people, um, through so many different things, even through the work that I do. And I think really like the person who I was when I was first hearing that song at 16 would be in awe, I think, of the person I've become, which I say without pride, because it's come with a lot of a lot of grace at every single step of the way, grace upon grace upon grace, saturating every step I've taken. And it has come with so many mistakes and so many struggles along the way too. But I think she would legitimately just be amazed at where love has led her. And part of where love has led her, has led me, is that now, you know, Disciple is one of my primary clients and I do their social media and digital marketing and PR. And so now we've come this full circle road from where, their music was so supportive of me in the hardest moments. And now I'm able to actually like help their music get to other people so that they can be supported in the same way. Um, have you had a chance to tell Kevin that, the lead singer? Yeah, they know they they know my story, all of the guys do. And they're very, very sweet to always respond with so much love and care when I talk about my long time um, fandom of them. <laughs> it's incredible to hear the fact that you're now allowing their music to get out there and you're spreading the word about them for, for other you know young girls that need to hear that message uh, in their darkest times as well. I, I love that full circle that it's come. Yeah, there's something so redemptive about that, right? It's yeah. like this idea that you know, our places of deepest pain then become the places where we can be used the most to offer that hand to somebody else to say, I'm going to stay with you in this. I'm going to hold your hand the same way my hand was held in the darkness. So it definitely feels like a gift and it definitely feels supernatural in the best way. Their new album, Skeleton Psalm, that came out um, only earlier this year, like that's their 13th album. It's rare to have a band last so long and still hold up to their fans. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Um, I think their longevity really speaks to the fact that they have so much integrity and their fans can kind of sense that. It's the same kind of integrity I think that I sensed when I was first, like I was saying, like watching this music video and being like, he seems to really believe that. I think fans have that sense now too, where they're like, the music is good, of course, but also they really seem to believe what they're singing. And that's because they do. Like I can say that you know, as somebody who's been on both sides of the coin now, they really, really do have the integrity to back up what they're sharing. Mary, we're going to chuck on um, After the World in just a second. But before we let you go, I just want to uh, ask, obviously, this song had such a huge effect on you and in a, in a time that you needed it most, you needed that love to come through the, the speaker's what would you say to any other uh, young girls that are listening right now that might be having that same feeling, going through those same struggles? I think one of the first things I would say is just that love sees you. Love himself sees the pain and the shame and the fear and the heartache that you're going through. It's all real. 
he's looking at it saying, I know, I know it hurts. I know it's so hard. I know it's so painful. In the same breath, he's saying, I love you exactly now as you are. I love you when you're in pain. I love you when you don't know how to fix it. I love you when it seems like there's no solution. I love you when you're broken. And I love you when you are making the worst possible mistakes that you are so ashamed of. I love you when things have been done to you. And I love you no matter what you do. And I'm not giving up. I think that would be the message that I would tell them. And just to know that they are held in so much worthiness and regard regard by love himself in this moment. Mary, you have been so wonderfully open and thank you so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for letting me talk about something I care about so much. I feel like, you know, this is the kind of thing I could never talk about enough. I just am so grateful for the story that I've lived and I hope it's like is relatable to other people out there who might have lived a similar story because I know there are a lot of other people like me. Absolutely. Here it is, Disciple After the World. You break the glass, try to hide your face. Recorded lines that just will not erase. And buried in your loss of innocence. You wonder if you'll find it again. Was I there for the worst of all your pain? And was I there 
This episode of Songs That Change You was recorded on the land of the Ghana people. Each episode is produced, edited, and hosted by Aidan Grant. That's me. I'd like to also thank Zach Spencer for additional audio assistance and Pastor David Hall for helping support the show. If you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to get in touch, maybe have a guest suggestion or any kind of feedback, please email aidengatehotmail.com. Thanks for listening.